the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm gonna go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, your host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show and Super Real Estate Agent with Remax Results, Mimi Shoneman. Hey, Mimi. Good morning. I am so glad that you're here, and I see that you also brought our good friend from Amac Home Loans, Phil Olson, is with us as well. Hey, Phil. Yo. I am so glad because there are lots of things going out there, and I in particular have questions today. So thank you very much for joining us. We're going to answer a bunch of questions today about what's going out there in our buying market here in the Twin Cities. So, Phil, let's start with your NMLS number before we get into some of these stories and details. All right. NMLS 238103. That's my federal license. Yes. And I don't have one. So. Ah! <laughs> I'm not a mortgage person. Right. You're like, what? No. But I am licensed right. realtor in Minnesota and Wisconsin. So Right. And so I, I just want to make sure that as we're covering today, I mean, Mimi and Phil, you know, you want to talk about a lot of the scenarios that we have going on with these real life situations that people are dealing with here in the Twin Cities when they're trying to buy a home. Absolutely. Either Twin Cities, it could be Wisconsin or Minnesota. I can talk about both. Soon we're going to be talking about Florida because that's where I'm going. Okay. <laughs> you already, you've been dropping those little hints. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I've just got to figure out a, t- a time to carve out and go get licensed down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I'll be doing it in my flip flops and my fuzzy drink and mm-hmm. all that stuff. On the beach. Maybe. You yeah. do know that you could have a fuzzy drink here. Oh, okay. That is not only in Florida. We have fuzzy drinks here in Minnesota. Okay, well. Maybe not the flip-flops most of the year, but the fuzzy drinks we could provide. They do the flip-flops just about year-round here, though. Yeah, I do notice that. You're right. Yeah. I would not have made that choice. My son was out in t-shirt and shorts yesterday, and I said, you're crazy. (laughs) My son would do that if I let him, but I was like, oh, no, no, sweatpants. He he looks like he's going into like a blizzard today, doesn't he? I'm like, what are you doing? Are you (laughs) He still has his puffer jacket on, so that's all I'm saying. But it's a fashionable puffer jacket. There you go. Awesome. You know, one of the things that we do talk about often is with our buying market, you know, the seasonality of it. And it seems like when you guys were first, when we started doing, I started doing the show with you a couple of years ago it did seem more seasonal where you're like okay hurry up and do this now because things start to shut up uh, or shut down during this time of year is that still the case Mimi and Phil it is not okay not not here for us what about you Phil I, I would say it's it's really really busy but there are some things that are happening in the market, and it is seasonal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you the know, market the market is softened slightly in your higher price point homes. Okay, uh, mortgage rates are in the threes, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So those folks out there that if you're sitting in the fours, maybe you should talk with me regarding a a mortgage consultation. Uh, housing inventories are starting to increase. I've seen over the last 30 days that sellers are more than willing or they're willing to negotiate with buyers, be it on price and closing costs. We did not see that in the spring market at all. Not at all. All right. Um, The Federal Reserve's planning on decreasing the prime rate, but we've talked about that in previous shows. That has really no bearing on the mortgage bond market. All right. And underwriting guidelines, they, they have softened. Okay, they've softened in some very specific areas, which is making it easier for us to help people get into homes. I'm going to tell you that I have it has been, I don't know, since maybe when I first got my license, I've never seen so many price reductions, right, as I have in the last month and a half, two months. 
And so what does that mean? That means that, yeah, there's there's motivation on the seller's part not to carry this inventory into the winter. Right. Nobody likes to sit around and plow their driveway when they're trying to sell their house. Right. So for the buyers out there, no kidding, call us. Between now and the middle of January is your best time of the year to buy. Yep. Matter of fact, I tell people best time to buy is the week of Christmas. Really? Yes. Absolutely. Because huh. nobody, nobody is looking at homes. Uh, if you find a house that you really like, the chances of being in a multiple offer situation are uh, virtually non-existent. And, right. You know, your new construction, they want that off their books. So if you are a new construction buyer and you want to get your deal, call us today and we'll get you started in that process because that's when you're going to get your biggest bang for your buck is when they're pulling that inventory off of their books. Well, we'll make sure that we give out your specific information so they can contact you during the show and following the show. The number for the Red Hot Real Estate Show, though, is 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071 in case you have any questions today. Yes, and I'd also encourage everybody to go to our, our amazing home shopping site, ViewGreaterMinneapolisHomes.com register there you can see all the properties that are active pending sold you can also get a phenomenal shopping app for your mobile phone so be sure and check that out now phil you were saying that it's a good time to go and start shopping the week of christmas but some people they probably haven't done the pre-work to be prepared for that because there's some things that could come up in your life right that make you not optimum time to buy correct well um that kind of uh brings us to what kind of our show title is about here today and what we're going to speak about is situations in your life or situations buying real estate can become problematic for buyers and sellers of selling a home. So we're going to talk about multiple different topics of red flags that consumers should know about or at least be thinking about before they either put their house on the market, before they buy a specific property or be prior to them even starting to look on MLS, maybe getting pre-approved first up versus doing it backwards, so to speak. Okay. You never want to put the the cart before the horse. Right. For real. You can window shop all you want to, and we've got a great place for you to do it. But the best thing for people to do that are even, if you've had a dream, a pillow dream mm-hmm. about house, and you're thinking, I don't even look at houses. Why is this happening to me? Right. Call us. Right. Yeah. And that kind of kind of goes to my story of the week. Yes. I got a, a, re- a really interesting story and that fits right into the category we're talking about. So I got a call from a client and they say, well, are you licensed in Wisconsin? I said, yeah, I'm licensed in Wisconsin. Well, Phil, we found the perfect property. I go, tell me about it. This is a past client of mine. So I already had all their financials and everything like that. Right. And they go, well, we found this property in western Wisconsin. It's got six cabins on it. All right. And what we want to do is we want to get a mortgage, 30-year fix, buy all six, and rent them out. Okay. So my first question to my client was, so is all six of these properties on the same piece of land? What do we mean by that? It's called a PID. Okay. Okay. And if I had a piece of paper come by with PID uh, on it, I would not know that this is what we were talking about. So let's back up. That is kind of your legal description and a number of the land. Okay. The problem with this type of transaction is all six properties are on the same piece of land. Okay. You can't get a mortgage because how are you going to get comparables of another property with that has six, six houses on six it. Six houses Got on it. Got it. Okay. So 
I had to tell them that this is a commercial loan. Now, folks, there's a loan for everything you want to do out there, period. Somewhere, shape, or form. Right. There's even Luigi down on Hennepin Avenue that <laughs> might be able to borrow you money. Okay. Right. All right. But in our in our world that I work in, it's either got to qualify for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, Ginny Mae, VA, USDA. And those are all residential loan property. It's loan called prop- a residential right. loan. Okay. Now, when some when something like this comes up, it might be a business loan. It might be a commercial loan, or it just might be a note loan through a bank. But just understand, you do any one of those three, you're you're venturing into what I call the wild, wild west. Okay, why is that? Well, rates are higher. Okay. Down payment requirements are higher. Your terms are shorter. They can be what's called a balloon, meaning a three three year balloon. That means you have to pay off the note in three years time. And if you don't pay off the loan, you gotta hope that the bank says, Okay, we'll extend it. But they don't have to. Right. They could just take your property. Exactly. That's huh. not good. So how does okay, I, I so how do you since commercial loans are so unwieldy to deal with mm-hmm. did, so you just told your 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 client I don't do commercial loans or did they figure out some other way to do it? Or no, do you? I gave them an idea. Okay. You'd have to split off this property into six PID numbers. In other words, you'd have to get a survey. And you have to survey the land, split every property off individually. And then buy six different and then you'd have to, Then you'd have to buy each property singly, all right? But that becomes really expensive right. because you're getting six surveys done. Mm-hmm. And then here's the other problem. If your sellers have a note... On the property. In other words, they owe bank two hundred thousand, and we're only going to sell off one piece of property. How do we sell off one piece of property when the bank owns all six? Yeah, it's it's a mess. Okay. All right. Can that's it be, why. He, that's can why it be done? Yes. Bill it calls can, himself the mortgage puzzle, puzzle solver. solver. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be done, but it's 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 a unique situation and that kind of is going to take us into our next segment and us talking about unique situations that you need as a consumer to be aware of and what is a good decision and maybe a bad decision and i think we're going to also jump into condo owners and some of the mistakes and things that they may have wished that they would have done differently exactly we're going to talk about that and take your questions here on the red hot real estate show remember the number is 651-641-1071 we'll be right back Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results is with us. Also, Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans talking about why you should buy right now, but also gone and covering some information about what are some of the pitfalls that might come in as you're trying to buy or sell your home right now? Exactly. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, condos and some of the things that we've seen that happen to people, but we've got a, a caller. Right. You can always be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show by calling us at 651-641-1071. Linda, thanks for calling the Red Hot Real Estate Show. What's your question for Phil and Mimi? Hi. My question is, is um, right now I have a mortgage rate at 4.625. And I know the rates have gone down. I'm wondering what the advantage to, you know, should I remortgage and get a lower rate? Or what, what are the advantages and disadvantages to doing that? I, I, thank you for calling first off, Linda. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure. Um, it really depends on what are you trying to accomplish. 
How long do you plan on being in this home? Um, like we kind of vacillate on that. So part of it, we might try to move like in the next five years. Okay. And I'm trying to lower my mortgage. Okay. <laughs> Are you trying to lower your mortgage payment? So in other words, you're trying to free up more, more cash on a monthly basis? Yes. yes. All right. I would tell you if you're at 4.625, you'd probably be at 3.75% if you swapped out your 30 year for your 30 year. How long have you okay. been, how long have you been in this current mortgage that you currently have? Um, probably eight years. Okay. So, and are you in a 30 year fixed? Yep. We're on a 30 year fixed and uh, we own about half of our house. You own about half of your house. Okay. And do you, would you have any inclinations towards maybe getting your house paid off in, in 15 years versus 22? Probably not. Probably we're not. Looking, yeah, we're looking to lower our, our rates, and, you know, that would make it get be higher, I know. Sure. Well, and, and are you paying PMI on your home right now, private mortgage insurance? Um. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. I would tell you, I would have to run the numbers for you. I'd be glad to do it. And then I would do, it is an, a basically a break-even analysis for you to determine how long it would take for you to recoup your closing costs in the loan to, and to really okay. determine, does it make sense, good financial sense? And I'd be glad to do that okay. for you. Okay. Well, I left my email with her, with the person that answered the phone, so... You want to reach out to me? That'd be great. Thanks, I would, Linda. I would love to do that. All right. Yeah, that was a great question. Right. Um, you know, and I thought it was interesting that, you know, that's a question a lot of people have is, is it worth my time and money to refinance right now? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, and, and Phil, you were mentioning that sometimes you talk to potential clients and you go, well, it doesn't really make any sense right now for you to do that. Exactly, because I'm always trying to look out for my clients' best interests. Unfortunately, there are there are some people in our business that that would sell you on a loan uh, just just to make money. I'm not going to do that. So, Phil, a good rule of thumb for folks that are considering refinancing. We talked about this a little bit during the break, but one percent, uh, unless you have certain circumstances. I would say anywhere uh, you have to at least get three quarters to one percent, depending on what your strategy is. You know, it it, it could be different. Okay, I I'm doing a loan right now for a client. Uh, their rates dropping by point six two five percent. They're on a fixed income, and they've got a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan that okay. I'm refinancing. Their payment savings is about one hundred and twenty five dollars a month. But guess what? Because she's on a fixed income. She's going to use that money towards her medical expenses on okay. a monthly basis. There's the situation where it makes sense because her this this client's income will never go up. Right. Okay. So it really it really comes down to what are the circumstances? What are your short term? What are your long term goals? What are we trying to accomplish? I'm going to ask tough questions. Right. And if somebody's planning on moving, like for instance, she's not maybe going to be moving in the next five years. What if somebody's moving in the next two years? If if you're moving within two to three years, and that's even on 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 your plate, I would tell you not to refinance because you're more than likely not going to recoup the costs unless we do what's called a no closing cost loan. Okay. All right. Now, how does that look? Let's say your client is at five and a half percent. Yes. And I could get them the lowest rate would say be three point eight seven five, but. What I do is I give them a rate of 4.5%. They get a rebate back of 
We use the full rebate to pay out their closing costs. So in other words, we're going to take their loan and let's just say they owe two fifty. Their new loan is two fifty. Their closing costs were zero. Okay. Okay. And guess what? Over the next two years, now you're going to save $200 a month, but it didn't cost you anything because there was no equity stripping being done. In other words, we're not tapping into their equity to help pay for the loan. There's multiple different ways to structure a deal. The question is, is the way it's structured, is it the right way to do it or the wrong way to do it? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that term equity stripping and what you mean by that. Well, If you were to do multiple refinances, let's say you do three refinances over a period of a year under federal law, okay, that I must abide by, we have to be able to show that there's a benefit to the consumer. So in other words, it's got to be a financial benefit. And if if you did a loan for a client and only saves them $35, $35 is not a benefit to the consumer when they ended up paying $5,000 in closing costs. So does that happen on occasion that somebody comes to you and goes, I just refinanced, but I heard that the rates went lower, so I want to do it again? Yes. I think that a okay. lot of people think, you know, they don't think about the closing cost piece right. of yep. refinancing. And they need to calculate that, and that's why Phil will run those numbers for you, and it's a free service to see whether the cost versus the benefit is there. Cost nothing. And I can normally crank out something like that in 15 minutes as long as somebody's providing me accurate information. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit more about equity stripping. Who who would be someone that you would see that would have that type of scenario? Okay. A client, I had a recent client here that took out a home equity loan. Okay. Okay. They had a first mortgage. They took out a home equity loan. The home equity loan was for 70000 when you added the first mortgage up with the home equity loan, they ended up owing like $320,000, but their house was only worth two hundred and eighty. dollars Now, how did that happen? I'm going to tell you how it happened. The client ended up getting a home equity line of credit through a local bank. The banker says we don't need to get an appraisal on the home. They ended up giving the consumer a loan for $70,000. And unfortunately, this client right now is stuck because they're upside down $30,000 because the bank never did an appraisal on the home. So, okay, so that's a when somebody hears I'm not going to have to do an appraisal, the normal reaction is yippee um, because that's going to save you $450 or so. Correct. Yeah. But in this particular situation, do you think it ever occurred to them? The thought that if I do this and I save the four fifty, that I'm going to be upside down in my house and if and I never have, be able to sell it. If I, I have I w- to move tomorrow, I can't. I would say no, and be- here's the reason I say that. So when you and, and and I and I appreciate your question, but I just want to stop one second. So this is when you say it's a home equity loan like this, it's not like a personal loan where it travels with you. It stays with the house. It is attached as a second lien okay. against the home. Yeah. All right. Okay. And I think now, a lot of people don't on. understand that, right. that a HELOC, yes. home equity line of credit, is is secured by your house. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it must be paid off when you sell the house. And my apologies. Now we can go back to your question. So I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I just wanted to stop yeah, for so, a second. Okay. So here's what I'll tell you. I think... of the general public doesn't have a great sense of financial math dealing with a mortgage. Right. 
basically they're walking into the banker, they're expecting that banker, mortgage person, whoever it happens to be, to to understand their craft extremely well. Agree. And and explain everything to the consumer. Unfortunately, I think there's too many times where people are sold product, but they're not sold a relationship. Well, they're not sold a solution. Right. Okay, so they, they come in and it's a it's a box situation where does this checkbox match? And maybe if someone had a little bit more years of seasonality, let's put it that way, and knew a, knew a few things because they've been through a few things, they would have been able to figure out, you know, maybe a better option for that. Can you tell talk, you know, quickly about what a better option would have been for that particular well, client? Well, I mean, if if a consumer has an extremely big equity position, let's just say you owe a hundred and you know that your neighbor's house is selling for three hundred and you're gonna get a home equity loan for fifty thousand, yeah, you don't need an appraisal, okay? Because you're okay. you're at a fifty percent loan to value in that situation. But if you're already at an eighty percent loan to value, and how do you determine that? You take what you owe divided by it is what your expected sales price would be. That tells you what your loan to value is. And if you're at 80% and the banker saying, well, we'll give you 10% or we'll give you 15%, I would be demanding an appraisal be done on my property because I'd want to know what my fair market value is. See, and that's hard for me to know when I'm supposed to demand So I wouldn't, I mean, without having a professional, I would be in that same boat where I wouldn't know to ask. And let me just add this to our listeners out there. Before you do this, we can do a quick over-the-net home evaluation for you and shoot it to you in an email in a matter of, you know, the same day for sure. So if you need a home evaluation, quick over-the-net without looking at your house, we can show you what's sold in your neighborhood in just a few minutes. Here's what I would propose. The consumer who are listening right now, you get into that situation all you have to do is pick up the phone and call me at 651-238-6748. I'll listen to what you're trying to do, and I'll tell you, yep, sounds reasonable. Sounds like you're going down the right path. All right, maybe I might propose another solution. Uh, then again, I might tell you, hold one here. You're 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 getting yourself into potential issues. And I right. think when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about, real quick, about how... What's what is the risk and red flag of using your house as a bank? That is perfect. And we will also take your calls. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on MyTalk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm in Shannon. Mimi Shoneman is here from Remax Results. Also Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. Let's talk a little bit, Phil, about okay, so I have, during this whole conversation, been having flashbacks to the short sale foreclosure era, which as a realtor, I was a brand new realtor for starters. And I will tell you that that was so painful to watch all of those people. And it's like you couldn't even you couldn't even blink without hitting somebody that was going through it. Right. And it was miserable for everybody. And when you when you start talking language about um, getting HELOCs and not paying attention to what your market value is of your house and, you know, cashing it out to go to Cuba or Hawaii, you know, so because you've got all this money in your thing, you know, or even something that's practical, like paying for your children's education. Mm -hmm. You don't want to put and position your house as a bank. Right, Phil? No, I mean, I, I 
there's been clients where I've helped do two cash outs in a row uh, over a period of like three three years, and I said, folks, don't call What's a cash out? So in other words, they're going to take equity out of their home okay. to maybe pay off debt, pay off student loans, maybe do home remodeling. And I've literally told a couple clients in my career, don't call me a third time to cash out. Fair enough. All right, you can call somebody else, but I'm but not. You don't think I, it's a good I'm not gonna strategy. Help, I'm not going to help you take every single dime you've ever made on your home out to where some people it takes 50 years to pay off a house. Right. Because they will refinance 10 years down the road and then they'll refinance again 10 years down the road. All right. And they're not refinancing in the way that we talked about in the first segment where they were saving themselves money or not extending the period of time that they had on the loan. No, what 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 happens, I think, is, you know, people sometimes want to live like the Joneses and the Smiths next door Mm -hmm. and they want to get all these toys and they start charging up credit cards and people don't understand that your average credit card takes seven to 10 years to pay back. And if you borrow 4,000 on a credit card, you're going to end up paying. I'm going to just going to use Best Buy as an example, or I could use anybody out there. You're going to pay them back 10 grand. So I borrowed four grand and I, and guess what? That TV that I bought for four grand costed you $10,000. No, shaking your head. I'm right? shaking my head. Yeah, I mean, those are not my particular life choices, but that's because you know, I think I grew right, up there, differently. There's, there's, <laughs> it's there's amazing the, to me when, the when you do the math that way. It yeah. is amazing. You know, I'm just going to say for myself, you know, when you grow up poor. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> so I'm owning it. We grew up without you know, anything. So I'm I like, was, I don't need that yet. <laughs> you know, when my girlfriend was going to Florida over Christmas, I was milking a cow. Right. Okay. So this is the reality. Like, I'm looking at like you especially I thought it was a great example that you just said you know Phil is that uh, some of us I think when you grew up without any money like you kind of just have different methodology about learning how some people like uh, like do their research like Mimi and I and go how can I be better and how can I learn how to make this work and so you you make different choices but it is a matter of asking these questions and going Okay, I saw the commercial. It talked about this home equity line of credit. It sounds like a great product. The people in the commercial looked so happy. I want to be like those people. Mm -hmm. But understanding the background of why I shouldn't do that is not always communicated to us. Let me ask you this question. Yes. Do you, as a radio professional broadcast person, know more today than you did when you first started doing this? Most definitely. Okay, so Phil, how long have you been doing mortgages? Uh, 17 years, but been in the banking world for 30. But you yeah. only look like you're 29, so God Thank bless you. you. Well done. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So my point is, experience does matter. Right. You know, you earn the wrinkles um, for mm-hmm. real. And, you know, you, you've the recent experience matters. It's not because we don't all of us start somewhere someday. But you see, like, Every scenario for each and every client, for both of us, real estate and mortgage, it's all unique DNA. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nobody's every, every the same. Every situation, every situation is different, but because I've done all these situations hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, I'm able to go into my mental database, so to speak. And go, how do I line up okay, you know, A I, with this, maybe lining it up with D and maybe I have to move someplace this else. This situation is very similar to this transaction I did six months ago. All right. And I might apply the same principles. All right. But the the difference between myself is I take the time to get to learn my client and ask the 
tough questions. And Can I pause you a second? Because yep. I've worked with you. <laughs> I don't want you. I mean, I know what you're, you're what you're getting at by saying you ask the tough questions. But from working with you and working, you know, and, and just as part of my due diligence in hosting this show, like learning your process, learning all of our partners process. They're not tough questions. They're reasonable uh, reality questions of do you really have this money this way? Are you doing this because you want to try and get in a different position five to 10 to 15 years from now? Or are you doing this because you saw something shiny? You know, it's not necessarily tough. It's really sometimes I'll put it, I'll tell you this. You may burst somebody's unrealistic bubble because maybe they didn't have the right information to make a realistic decision. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and how I, why I say this mm-hmm. is I hear so often as well, I met with so-and-so and we talked for 15 minutes. Right. What, what, what do you learn in 15 minutes that's going to be able to help a consumer and actually analyze their situation? Well, even more so, Phil. You know, I, I'm working with you because I clicked on the link. You know, right. I, never, I don't even know what you look like. I've never talked to you. It was all a computer-generated program. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, really? You're going to trust your, your biggest financial decision to that? Right. No, thank you. Not for me. I think that we want things to be very turnkey and very simple and easy. And then sometimes it doesn't do us a, the right justice if things are that easy, like mm-hmm. there's a reason why there's a process for some of these things. It's in your best interest. Exactly. Well, let's talk about what we said we're going to talk about, and that's condos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of times we see folks all be wanting to get out of a bigger house. Mm-hmm. So they're maybe in that empty nest phase. They're like, good night. If I have to vacuum one more bedroom that's not occupied, I'm going to just go crazy. Tired of shoveling, yes. keeping all this house heated. Yes. And so... They downsize, but they go to a condo and they think that sounds like a great plan because that's going to free me up to go travel. I can go hang with my mm-hmm. friends who live out of state. The outside will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about the roof. Yeah, it's all yep. good. So a lot of times, you know, but when you're used to having a lot of open space and freedom to move around, moving into that smaller space can be problematic for a lot of folks. I mean, if you've ever toured a condo building, yes. you know you hear other people mm-hmm. in their place and you smell their food in the hallway. <laughs> Correct, Phil? Correct. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want all kind of smells, <laughs> go during dinner to a condo. But one of the big things that I think people don't think about is the control that they might have over the, the HOA, the Homeowners Association, and the rate at which they can change your homeowner association dues. Phil? I'm going to give you a great example. A client of mine called, and they wanted to sell their, their condo, and the condo was for like 200000 And uh, I said, so is your condo association FHA approved? She said, yeah. Okay. I said, when was the last time you checked? She hadn't. She uh-huh, called the association. Okay. Guess what? The association didn't renew their FHA. It is authorization, which means now when she sells her house because they didn't pay their fee and they didn't submit their financials to FHA, that means FHA, VA, USDA no longer qualifies for this property. Oh, okay. So any buyer now that's going to buy this property has, has to, to be buy, conventional. Has to conventional. be conventional. Okay. So guess what? If you've got 10 buyers 
and five of those buyers were FHA or VA. But you have now you've reduced and restricted your buyer market for your property, which could have possibly gotten you guys a better offer on that house. Now, there's a situation that happens, and guess what? The consumer has no control over it. Yeah, and uh, same thing, too, with buyers. That's one of the things that we always talk about if they are an FHA buyer is that some of these properties are not going to work for you. Okay. And that's a very hard thing to grasp, especially if you've never bought a house before. It's like, what do you mean? Why? How can that be? It seems like discrimination. Right. Well, it. It is what it is because the building has to be approved by FHA because they have federal guidelines. And maybe that was one of the reasons. Maybe there were too many guidelines that the building said, forget about it. It's too much trouble. Hmm. Believe it or not, your VA, USDA, and FHA guidelines are there to protect the consumer. They're there to protect the consumer so the consumer gets a better quality home. Right. Whereas on conventional a lot of those guidelines don't apply, okay, which will then allow, let's say this consumer wants to buy kind of a rehab home. Okay. All right. There are specific things that you as the consumer can do yourself in rehabbing your home over a period of time. Whereas FHA, VA, USDA, they won't allow that. They are Because they want to make sure it's taken care of before you get it. Well, in. keep in mind, it's kind of like a first-time home buyer program. We're trying to get you into a home, and guess what? We don't want the furnace to go out a week later because you used every dime you had to get into the home. Fair enough. So when we come back, I think what we want to talk about is investors in condos and how that may change your scenario. And we'll also take your calls. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm really excited for this one because, Phil, what's your great savings of the week? Great savings of the week. I just converted a 30-year fixed at 4.875 to a 15-year fixed at three and a quarter. And I'm saving my client $170,000 over the life of the loan. Oh, my gosh. Were they just doing cartwheels in your office? I mean, your they, office may not have enough room for cartwheels. but They, couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't believe it. And, and people go, why is that? It's called compound interest, folks. Your, mor- your mortgage is compounded on a daily basis over a period of time. So you take 180 okay, or take 12 months times 365. Right. Okay, it that's huge money saved. It's that much more equity they have in their home. And people say, so how quickly do you break even on a deal like that? Month number one. Really? Month number one. You break even. And it's so interesting when we start talking about these time periods of like a 15 year loan or a 30 year loan. I mean, it's hard for me to flash forward in my mind to what it's going to look like for me to be 30 years down the road. But I can see 15. You know, 15, you're like, okay, I can see what I might be. I think that it's easier to even go, wow, I can see that finish line. Oh, guess what? I just just talked to a client. He's 35. He goes, Phil, I listened to you on the radio. And he goes, I want my house paid off by by the time I'm 50. Right. Could you imagine? That's fantastic. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's planning. That's what what that is called. And I think that you can plan 15 years. Like, it's hard for me to sit there and go, okay, there are some things that I want to plan for 30 years down the road, but that's mostly things that, I'll be honest with you, have to do with my son. But things for me, I'm like, I can see the finish line Mm -hmm. of 15 years as a goal. Correct. Now this guy is also thinking, once he gets his house paid off, he said, Phil... 
I think it'd be a good idea to buy an investment property. Right. And I go, absolutely, it would be a beautiful time for you to do that because you no longer have a mortgage payment. You're still going to be responsible for taxes and insurance, but that mortgage payment is now gone. Why not reinvest that into another property? Right. So I have an idea for him. Um, why doesn't he take some of the equity out of his property and buy that investment property now while interest rates are still low and then rent that out? Because right now I'm doing that loan at, an, I believe, like 79% loan to value. Mm. He doesn't have a big equity position in the property, and I wouldn't want him to tap into that property Uh because your standard purchase on an investment property is a minimum down of 20%. Okay. And I've talked about it on the show before that you want to put at least 25% down because you're going to get a much lower interest rate and you're not going to pay points. But if he's, we're saying that for sure in 15 years when the pro, the the first property is paid off, he could do it. But 10 years down the road, if he's making more money and he has equity, does that maybe change his scenario? Correct. Okay. Absolutely. That would change the scenario, but it's also going to come down to what are your debt to income ratios, Okay. which is basically your total debt divided by your gross income. If your debt to income ratios are high, you're probably not going to qualify for that other property. Well, okay. let's talk about the strategy that he would need to do or that a good strategy. And we were always told that if you make one mortgage payment extra per year mm-hmm. and put that towards your principal, then you can pay your house off maybe seven years early. On a 30-year fixed, you'll pay it off by about four years. On a 15, you're going to have it paid off in about three. Okay. So in other words, a 15-year then gets converted to a 12-year. So what do you recommend for people who would like to do something like that? Do they do it, take it out on the month or take it out one payment a year or how would you do it? I would recommend that if you're getting $3,000 back from the federal government on your on your taxes and your mortgage payment is only 1500 you slide 1500 of your free money from the federal government towards that additional payment and then you keep the 1500 Gotcha. All right. See, and that's, again, why it's okay to talk to a professional. You're saving yourself effort and time and headaches in the long run, having somebody else who does the math like this on a regular basis do it for you. Yeah. So we always appreciate you being part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. You could call us at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. You could be just like Janet. Janet, thank you for calling the show. Yes, hi. Hi, Uh, what's your question for Phil and Mimi, please? Yes, actually I do, and and Phil, I think I spoke with you before. Um, My name is Janet. Um, I just recently got a divorce, and um, I am in the marital property, having to pay the mortgage on this property. In the meantime, my ex-husband is now out closing on another property. I'm wondering, am I going to have to show up at the closing and of his new property and say that he's no longer having to pay on this property. If your divorce decree is finalized, okay, he can buy his own property. You're not a part of the transaction. And when you got divorced, I'm assuming in your divorce decree, your property was basically given to you per the courts and that's your responsibility. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. Is he still on is he still on the mortgage, mortgage note? I wasn't hearing you properly. Um, okay, could you repeat that, please? Is he still on the mortgage note? Yes, he's on the mortgage and the title to um, our marital property. Okay. And then, what does your divorce decree say about that? 
Well, the, actually, the divorce decree, I am appealing because I did not... Uh, there were clerical errors in the uh, divorce decree, so I am appealing that. Right now, it says that I live in the home, I basically pay everything for it, and he gets half the equity. Okay, Jay, And I well, do remember that conversation, and I did provide you the name of a great real estate lawyer. I hope you've reached out to that person or, or got some legal counsel yourself on that, because that is, a, that is kind of a mess you have. Right. Sorry to say. Yes. Would you mind? I don't know if I actually received that name. So oh, sure, Jan. And if you want to hold on, we'll make sure we get that information for you. So producer okay, Hope will get your info, and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Janet. We appreciate it. Yeah. You're I just welcome, want Janet. to say that in Minnesota, you it takes one to buy, two, two to, to sell. sell. Yeah. So yep. the husband can certainly buy without her signature. And I've seen these situations come up many, many times where the the courts determine who's going to become the owner, but then it also states in there that they must buy out their spouse in a given specific time period. And when the courts do this, they're not talking to a mortgage originator going, so do you Are even, they going to be able to do this? Will, will you yeah. even be able to qualify for this? And I've actually had to tell people, unfortunately, you don't qualify. The only way you're getting, it says you need to refinance your spouse off of this, but the only way you're refinancing him off of this is you're not refinancing, you're selling. Ah, but yeah. then the problem is you're not buying another property. And, the, and what ends up I see sometimes is because there's so much heat between both parties, guess what they start doing? They do, they start not making their payments, payments. Mm-hmm. on specific items and these clients' credit goes downhill. Right. Well, guess what? The courts during a divorce decree aren't asking for a copy of your credit report. Right. Okay. Well, so, you know, that makes you think that the in the decree it should say you, you're responsible to make your payments on time mm-hmm. so that you aren't damaging your ex-spouse's credit. If you do that, then how are they supposed to refinance you off right. because you've damaged their credit? Right. You know, and here's the other thing that I tell people that are in this situation, if it was the spouse I was dealing with, since he's still on the mortgage of Janet's mortgage, mm-hmm. I would be calling the mortgage lender on a monthly basis to ensure that Janet is making the payments on the mortgage because if Janet stops making the payments, just because the divorce decree says you're not responsible, unfortunately, you're still on the mortgage, you're still on the note. And when she doesn't make her payment, it's being reported to your credit as a bad ding. Which is another one of those scenarios where they talk about when you're going through these difficult life changes, you know, why it's important to have the right professionals as far as like legal counsel. But it might also be, okay. well, we're going to go talk to this real estate attorney and I'm going to talk to my mortgage professional to make sure all of these things, because it is a matter of being expert in your own little field each time in in my field i i have a sphere around me and right. that sphere is a tax accountant uh a legal lawyer for real estate mm-hmm. okay i have it is a cpa right i have it is a divorce lawyer right. that i might speak with but i've got all these people around me right because sometimes when i'm talking to a client i need to bring other pieces into the puzzle my own pieces right. to your puzzle to help determine 
what do we do here? Right. Well, we always appreciate you being part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. You can find us at mytalk1071.com, keyword Red Hot. You can find Mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com. And Phil, your number again. 651-238-6748, or you can reach me at phil at callphilolson.com. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Paying bills on time? Not maxing out credit cards? Yes, give yourself credit. You can get closer to big goals like home ownership by taking small steps to build up your credit. Level up your credit knowledge at FannieMae.com slash credit education. Your story, it lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.